Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Alright everybody, welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody is doing well. We have been through already now five days of Islanders training camp opened on Monday. What a week it has been, if you think about it. The Islanders first signed Ilya Sorokin for this year. Then a day later announced that Sorokin will be signed for next season and is unquestionably going to be a New York Islander. We've had training camp underway as the team prepares for the playoffs. Some potentially good news about the Nassau Coliseum. Everything seemingly happening at once. Matt Martin's uh, child being born. Tom Cunackel engaged. I mean, look, lots of stuff happening right in front of our faces. And it is strange but great to be preparing for playoff hockey here in the middle of July. We have got a lot to talk about on today's show. We'll start to preview some of the possible line combinations and break down some of the strategy that we think Barry Trotz will be using in this playoff series against the Panthers. And we have a very special uh, birthday today to celebrate, so we'll go over that and uh, look back at one of the greatest individual performances in Islanders history in the process, and uh, folks, it's getting closer. It is uh, literally just two weeks away from the start of playoff hockey, and can't wait. I am really looking forward to the start of the completion of the Stanley Cup playoffs, so uh, wow, so much to talk about. If you have something that's on your mind, Islanders-related Please feel free to send us an email. You can reach me at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. Leave your name and where you're from, and we're happy to mention you on the air when we uh, talk about your question, your topic, whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And we'll have all the latest Islanders news, notes, and and information for you to keep you up to date with the team that you love. So, let's talk a little bit about this Islanders team and what's going on. First of all, uh, let's uh, start with the Islanders' official website because there is some some pretty good stuff up there. And and I'll tell you, I check it out a couple of times a day and... You know, good interviews, uh, more or less posted 
up on the website and, you know, some video of the team in training camp. Uh, and that's always good to see. You know, it's hard when fans cannot attend games, cannot attend practices, and, you know, being able to uh, see the website is always a very good thing. Also, you know, you wanted to hear about some of these conference calls that uh, I mentioned, the Zoom conference calls with uh, sometimes coaches, sometimes players. So uh, Barry Trotz, his interview with the media uh, is up. The Zoom call is up on the Islanders official website, as is a conference with Nick Letty. So, you know, lots of things that you can uh, look at on the Islanders official website and and definitely do uh, check those out as we, uh, you know, prepare ourselves, basically, for the return of hockey. Now, you know, the the flip side of this uh, whole thing with the Islanders is, of course, the Florida Panthers, and you, you just sort of wonder uh, how the Panthers are looking at this series upcoming with the Islanders. And, you know, we all know what the uh, Islanders are, are doing, and we talk about that on this show all the time. And one of the things that the Panthers are, are, are trying to adjust to, uh, the fact that the first three games of the series between these two teams are going to be matinees. You know, we have two... 4 o'clock starts and a 12 noon start uh, for these three games. And for a lot of hockey players, that is going to be a big adjustment. And I I think the fact that nobody has played hockey since, you know, March 12th when the season was suspended is going to help a little bit because, you know, everything is new. The routine is new and, and... you know, all of that, but everybody is going to have to get used to playing more matinees, uh, because look, athletes tend to be creatures of habit, and the usual routine is that you play, you know, you have your morning skate, you have an afternoon nap, pre-game meal, come to the arena, prepare, and play, you know, 7 o'clock, 7.30, whatever the local time is, but the uh, early starting times, uh, you know, I, I guess it's fair. Both teams uh, get to deal with the same starting time. And the, one of the advantages, and I think both teams have spoken about this, the ice quality for the first game, which is at 12 o'clock noon, is going to be better uh, than if they were playing the third game at 8 o'clock at night. Now, you know, look, that is partially due to the unusual circumstances of having three games on each ice surface being played, uh, you know, in the same arena. So the quality of the ice is going to matter. Game one, 4 o'clock. Game two and three at noon. And so, you know... Both coaching staffs are trying to adjust to this change in schedule and trying to acclimate their teams 
into how this is going to work. And, you know, look, the beautiful thing about this playoff series, you have two coaches who are veteran coaches in Joel Quenville of Florida, Barry Trotz of the Islanders. If anybody is going to be able to prepare their respective teams for, you know, the matinee starts and the differences, uh, I, I think these two guys will be able to do it. So it's going to be interesting, but uh, we'll see right now. Both teams officially telling the press, hey, we like the early start time. Well, what do you expect them to say? We hate it. We're struggling with it. No. Uh, so looking forward to it. And uh, the teams will be ready to go once the playoff games get underway in just a couple of weeks. All right, time for our very special Islanders birthday of the day. 64 years old today, I'm talking about Brian Trottier. To me, one of the three greatest Islanders players in the history of the franchise, and uh, out of all the forwards that have ever played for the Islanders, I think Trottier is the best all-around player. Look, Mike Bossy, to me, the most gifted pure goal scorer in the history of the Islanders franchise. Dennis Potvin, the greatest defenseman in the history of the Islanders franchise, and maybe, you know, certainly one of the top two or three defensemen in the history of the game. Billy Smith, greatest goalie, uh, but greatest all-around forward to me, you got to go with this guy, Brian Trottier. Started his NHL career with 30 or more goals, uh, you know, every year from 1975-76, which was his rookie campaign, all the way through 1983-84. Every year in there, he was 30 goals or more, including a career-high 50 goals in 1981-82, his career-high point total, 134 points in 76 games back in 1978-79, and, you know, this is also an amazing statistic, plus-minus, in 1978-79, Trottier a plus-76, in 1983-84, and in 1981-82, a plus 70. That's in one season. And keep in mind that that doesn't include power play goals. That, uh, you know, when you're on for a power play goal, and Trottier was on the number one power play unit every year, you don't get a plus for that. So those plus-minus statistics are just incredible. In his NHL career, Trottier won six Stanley Cups, four with the Islanders, two with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He played in 1,279 career NHL games, finished with 524 goals and 1,425 points. He played in 221 playoff games, had 71 goals and 184 points to those totals in the postseason, later became a coach and assistant with the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Colorado Avalanche, and then briefly and strangely, uh, head coach of the New York Rangers for part of the 2002-2003 season. Won the Calder Trophy 
as the NHL's top rookie in 1975-76. Actually had the nickname Babyface Brian Trottier back then. Won the Art Ross Trophy as the league's top scorer in 78-79. The Hart Trophy as the league MVP. The Conn Smythe Trophy, the year the Islanders first won the Stanley Cup back in 1979-80 as playoff MVP. And just an incredible overall performance. We're going to go back and look at what, to me, was probably Trotz's greatest ever game. December 23rd, 1978, sellout crowd at the Nassau Coliseum of 14,995. Billy Smith, the goalie for the Islanders. Their opponent, the New York Rangers, starting goalie for the Rangers, Wayne Thomas, and we have to really almost feel bad for Wayne Thomas once you take a look at what happened to him on this day. Trottier got the scoring started for the Islanders, his 20th of the year from Jerry Hart at 1340 of the first period, and the Islanders led 1-0, but the Rangers answered back about two and a half minutes later. Ron Greshner, his 12th from Pierre Plant and Dave Farish at 1509. And after one period, the game is all even at one apiece. But the second period is where the Islanders broke things open. First, on the power play, Mike Bossy is 24th from Brian Trottier at 111, 2-1 Islanders. Then Trottier, his 21st from Clark Gillies and Mike Bossy, the trio grand line at 341, 3-1 Islanders. Gary Howitt from Trottier and Hart at 5.08, 4-1 Islanders. Then Stefan Pearson, his sixth, from Howitt and Ed Westfall at 8.59, 5-1 Islanders. Mike Bossy gets his second of the game, 25th of the year, assists to Trottier and Gillies at 11.21, and the blowout is on. Ron Greshner Gets the Rangers one goal closer, but still way out of reach. Greshner's second of the game, 13th from Plant and Nick Fatiu at 13-13. But then the Islanders get two more to close out an incredible second period. First, it's Trottier, his 22nd from Gillies and Bossy at 18-39. Then Trottier, his 23rd from Stefan Pearson and Clark Gillies. At 1944, that was a power play goal. And after two periods, it's 8-2 Islanders. Islanders add to the lead and another goal for Trottier, his 24th from Bossy and Dennis Potvin at 738. That's a power play goal. Late goals by Mike McEwen and Anders Hedberg make it a 9-4 final. But at the end of the day... The New York Islanders crushing the Rangers nine goals in 36 shots. Wayne Thomas started but was replaced by John Davidson before this game was over. And you look at the numbers for this game. Clark Gillies, four assists. Mike Bossy, two goals and three assists. But for Brian Trottier, five goals Three assists, an eight-point night. He was a plus six, scoring those five goals on eight shots. And Bossy also, by the way, had eight shots. So the two of them with 
16 of the team's 36 shots. And here's what Ulf Nielsen had to say after this game about his opponent, Brian Trottier. There are two things that impress me about Trottier. He works so hard all the time, and he's a creator. He doesn't look for things to happen. He doesn't wait for things to happen. He makes them happen. And Trottier, when I interviewed him about this game, everything was going right that night. I went to the net, put the puck on net, and it went in. I threw passes blind, and Mike Bossy was there. It was the kind of game you cherish and you think about for a long time. Well, we're still thinking about it. I'm sure the 14,995 fans who were in attendance won't forget it anytime soon. December 23rd, 1978, Islanders 9, Rangers 4, an 8-point night for our birthday boy, Brian Trottier, 64 years old today. Happy birthday, Brian Trottier. All right, so let's talk a little bit about how the Islanders lineup is going to look. And look, you know, obviously Barry Trotz is not the kind of guy who's going to tell you a lot about his plans. He's going to hold things close to the vest. But you look on the ice at what's happening in practice, and certainly you can get some clues as to, you know, what the coaching staff is thinking about as far as the lineup goes. So, the top line has been Anders Lee, Matthew Barzal, Jordan Eberle. No surprise there. The second line has been Brock Nelson, Anthony Bavillier, and Josh Bailey. The fourth line of Casey Sezikis, Matt Martin, and Cal Clutterbuck has more or less stayed together, except, of course, when Martin uh, missed practice on Tuesday for the birth of his daughter. Now, the third line right now is looking like Pajot, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, with Michael Dalcole and Derek Brassard. That appears to be, for now, the way that the third line is going to look for the Islanders unless things change. I mean, you know Pajot is going to be the center. Dalcole and Brassard is the more experienced option. Leo Komarov, not available as of right now. He's dealing with a facial injury. And then you have six other forwards who are skating and practicing with the team, and that's Otto Koivula, Andrew Ladd, Tom Cunackle, Ross Johnston, Kiefer Bellows, and Oliver Wallstrom. So, look, there's always, in the playoffs, and we've talked about this a little bit so far, there's always a guy who you don't expect who makes a big contribution along the way. And the Islanders, you know, may find that guy during practice. I still think they would be better off putting a guy like Kiefer Bellows in the lineup ahead of Michael Dalcole or ahead of Derek Brassard. But it remains to be seen what the Islanders actually decide to do. Barry Trotz did say, when in doubt, Ty will probably go to the veteran, but that's not necessarily the case. 
and there probably will be some line juggling going on between now and when the Islanders head up to Toronto for the playoffs, depending on who's playing well, who's struggling. If anybody gets sick, obviously, that changes the equation. If anybody gets injured, that changes the equation as well. As for the defense, uh, you know, not a lot of uh, surprises yet. You have Ryan Pulak and Adam Pellick. You have Devontae's and probably Scotty Mayfield. And then you have that third pairing, which is likely going to be Letty and Boychuk. Uh, again, assuming everybody is healthy. Now, you've also got Thomas Hickey, Andy Green, Noah Dobson, and Grant Hutton available. You got to think that, you know, Pellick and Pulak are the locks for the number one spot if they're healthy and ready to go. Taze and Mayfield are probably your number two. Letty, you know, Still kind of up in the air as to whether or not we'll see him, but I think Letty Boychuk is most likely the third pairing. And if for some reason, you know, Letty can't go, do you pair Andy Green in there? Or is Noah Dobson uh, an option for the Islanders? Does Hickey come into the equation? Because Thomas Hickey... Not only does he have a lot of playoff experience, but in the playoffs especially, this kid has scored some very clutch goals. And if you look back at the 2016 playoff series between the Islanders and the Panthers, Thomas Hickey came up with some very, very big goals, including an, a game winner in OT that helped the Islanders win that series in six games. I don't know. If Letty is unable to go, whether you go with Green, the veteran, or Dobson, the the inexperienced rookie, or do you go with Hickey, who lacks considerable size on the blue line, but again, has playoff experience, and, you know, may make some of those Panthers players who were there in 2016 think a little bit. I think Dobson gives you more on the power play. Green gives you more experience. Green certainly has, you know, been there and done that. No question about that. And, you know, Hickey, again, hasn't played in the NHL all season, has dealt with a lot of personal issues, but is probably ready to go. Uh, what do you do? And then, of course, we still have the question of goaltending. And I think Trotz is more likely to go with Varlamov just because that's who he was going with later on in the season. After those first 37 games, when the two goaltenders alternated regularly, Trotz went more with Varley later on in the, in the second half of that regular season. Obviously, Grice beat the Panthers in that 2016 series. Both goalies have playoff experience, Neither goalie is as consistent as you would necessarily like. I think Varlamov is going to get the initial start unless there's an injury or an illness or unless Grice really uh, outshines Varlamov in practice this week and next week. But it's going to be tough, and we'll see 
how this one plays out. And obviously, if Sorokin, if and when he does arrive, they're going to want to give him some reps. A lot of extra players on the ice. There'll probably be some time for those, you know, all the backup goalies to get some reps, and that's important, uh, especially for Sorokin as he begins his long adjustment to the National Hockey League. Well, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a league-wide perspective on the game of hockey. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back Monday with a brand new show as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. Stay safe. Keep that social distancing going. Remember, we're always one day closer to the start of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. And, of course, let's go Islanders.